0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers.
0: after Liverpool 3, Aston Villa nil in the Premier League at Anfield. Easily Liverpool's best performance of the season, and arguably their best performance in quite a while. If you go back through the end of last season, even on the unbeaten run, I don't think you'll find a performance as good as that one. Liverpool were dominant, Liverpool were calm, Liverpool looked relatively solid, a couple of shaky moments, but Villa are a very good team. And the fact that we limited them to just moments is very, very promising for us. Alisson didn't have a whole lot to do, but what he had to do, he did well and made one really good save from Matty Cash that seems to have flown under the radar a little bit. I've not seen many people talking about it, but it was a really good save from a close range header. Uh, Trent had his best performance of the season by a country mile. He was magnificent, stepping into midfield from right back, spraying passes here, there, and everywhere. Last season, we played Villa, and we were using this same shape. And they managed to nullify Trent because the, the advantage we'd had before that game was that when Trent would move from right back into midfield... The opposition were leaving their left-sided player wide left, except for Villa, who got Jacob Ramsey to track Trent into central areas, and he was able to disrupt him and keep him off the ball. Yesterday, John McGinn didn't do any of that. He just let Trent go, and Trent was able to run the game from there. Joel Matip had a a solid game. He really should have scored. Missed a great-headed chance. Joe Gomez beside him was excellent. Very, very front-footed and aggressive. Slipped once, which let Villa in for a chance, but that was literally the only, fly, uh, the only flaw in Joe's game yesterday is that he slipped once. Aside from that, he was dominant, won his headers, won his challenges, led that back line. And Andy Robertson had easily his best performance of the season as well. His best performance in quite a while, to be truthful. Far better than any performance he put in through the back half of last season. Potentially all of last season. Robertson was really good on Sunday. And he is benefiting at the moment from only playing one game a week. And hopefully we can keep him only playing one game a week and use Costas for any midweek games. You'd look at that defense on paper before the game and a lot of people did and you'd be a little bit concerned but unfortunately social media has kind of skewed people's perception of things. Andy Robertson is not the player he was. He has declined quite a bit from where he was at his very best, but that's a physical decline down to being overplayed for six straight years for club and country averaging over 50 games a season for six straight years. That'll take it out of you. And as we spoke about on Raw yesterday, Robertson plays the game at such a high tempo, at such intensity, that it's even more physically demanding on him than it might be on somebody else playing the same number of games. Even though Robertson has declined, he hasn't become crap. He's gone from being a very, very good player to a good player. He's still a good player. There's no doubt about it. It's a matter for us now, for Jürgen and and, and Linders and and the the coaching staff, of managing him through the season and not overplaying him. And the same is true of the centre-backs. In the Champions League winning season, Joe Matip was excellent. In the title winning season, Joe Gomez was excellent. You don't go from that to crap. They've had injuries. They've had issues. Matip was overplayed for a stretch and got hurt, and he's always had, you know, injury issues. Gomez obviously has injury issues, and he had that horrendous knee injury. But even with those injuries, and even with their declines, they haven't become crap. They're just good players who who lack rhythm. And if you consider that we're going to play. Europa League, League Cup, FA Cup, along with the Premier League. If Joel and Joe can be our midweek pairing with Costas at left back and Keller behind them, that could be really promising for us. And then Gerald Kwanzaa can be the third centre-back. And that's a good group. Right-back is a bit of an issue, obviously, because Connor Bradley's injured, Calvin Ramsey's out on loan. I'd be looking to use Stefan Besetich there and make him our midweek right-back for the Europa League group stage for the League Cup. I think that's the position he can really grow into is that role that Trent is playing now, that hybrid role. I think it's the most natural fit for him in the squad. But he's a different case, obviously, because he's a young player. We want to just be developing him. But the others, with Joel and Joe, if we can have them playing semi-regularly, so every midweek, and the same with Costas, I think you can manage them to the point where you're going to get a consistently good performance out of them. And the same thing with Robbo, but in his case, it's the other way. It's not playing him too much. Joel and Joe, it's very hard for centre-backs to just drop in and then move back out. And then three weeks later be asked to drop in again. They don't find any rhythm. They don't get a cohesive partnership going. Because oftentimes one of them's coming in to start with Virgil or they're coming in to start with Ibu or they're coming in to start with the other Joe or Joel. They're not necessarily playing next to the same guy time after time after time. So they're not establishing that rhythm. But if they can be our midweek partnership, I think we can get good seasons out of them. Uh, In midfield, Curtis Jones came in for his first start of the season and was very, very good. Quietly very, very good. Did all the right things, made clever decisions, didn't take too much out of the ball, didn't try to be the creative force in there because that wasn't what he was there for. Did a lot of dirty work off the ball. And it was a, a very promising outing for Curtis. Alexis played as the sixth. Look, it's never going to be the best use of him. It's not his position. But for now, he's probably the best we have. He's probably the best option we have in that role. And then Dominic just continues to be outrageously good. He is... A Salah Virgil Allison level signing for us. He will be a transformational player. He is somebody that will absolutely raise the ceiling of this team. He has been incredible since we signed him, and he was immense again yesterday. Opens the scoring on three minutes with a sensational left-footed shot, and then just proceeded to have a big impact on the game throughout. His motor is incredible his desire to do the dirty work is very unusual for a player of his technical ability. It's a little bit Bernardo Silva-esque with him, where he's got this incredible ability, but this incredible work rate as well. And you don't often get the pair. So he couldn't be happier. I think we're going to look at the 60 million as a bargain when it comes to it. I think he's going to be that good for us. Um, Mo had a decent game quiet by his standards but still got himself a goal Uh, was involved in, in another goal actually was involved in two other goals because the first goal comes from Mo dispossessing Pau Torres and then Darwin pressing a loose ball and Torres having to give away a corner corner comes across everybody misses it Dominic moves on to it left-footed and puts it in the far corner with an absolute rocket. Uh, Darwin through the middle, absolutely the right decision to play him. Should be the number nine in in most games. He was outstanding. Didn't get his goal, but won the first corner for the first goal. Hit the post for the second goal. Mo plays him in. He rattles the bottom of the post. It bounces out, hits Maddie Cash, who's chasing back in, and goes into the net. And the third goal is an Andy Robertson corner that Darwin flicks on towards the back post and Mo taps home from a yard out. So he didn't get his goal, but he was basically, he got two assists and was involved in all three goals. Also hit the crossbar, which might have been ruled out for offside against Salah. Because when the ball is clipped over the top, obviously Darwin moves on to it. He lays it off for Salah. Salah might have been offside before he gave it back to Darwin, but we'll never know now. And then he probably should score from Salah's cross. It's, it's kind of in between the heights where he could kick it and head it. And he kind of gets caught in two minds and eventually he heads it. I think if it's a foot lower and he can get his foot to it, he he deflects it in. But look, he had a really good game. He contributed massively to us winning the game. And that's all you can really ask. And then Luis Diaz played left wing. And I'd say he was a little bit frustrated because he looked really lively early in the game and we were feeding him a lot and things Just weren't coming off for him. But it was a promising display nonetheless. Uh, Endo came on late to see the game out and did what was required. Cody came on for Darwin. Was pretty quiet. Wasn't really involved a whole lot. Diogo Jota came on for Luis Diaz. And I don't really know how to describe that performance, being completely honest with you. Um, he was dreadful. He he was genuinely dreadful. He looked like he was drunk. He genuinely played like he was drunk. He couldn't do anything right, but it, it made absolutely no difference in the end. And Harvey Elliott came on for Curtis Jones, and it was yet another good cameo off the bench for Harvey. Uh, busy, involved, keeping the ball moving. All very positive. And then finally, Gerald Kwanzaa also came off the bench. Uh, He replaced Trent, who had to go off with a hamstring injury. More on that in a minute. Uh, Gomez went to right back and looked very, very comfortable at right back. And Kwanzaa, this kid seems to have an immense mentality. Because last week he came on in really difficult circumstances up at Newcastle. And... It didn't faze him in the slightest. He looked like he'd been doing it for years. That was his Premier League debut. Yesterday was his Anfield debut, and again, no nerves. Just all—it was like he was going out to have a kickabout with his pals. Tremendous mindset. Absolutely, nothing seems to rattle him at all. So that was really positive to see. There was no real negatives to take from that game yesterday at all. Villa had a couple of moments. Um, There was one moment where Diaby did well getting himself into our box. Leon Bailey caused Robbo a couple of problems very early after coming on, but then Robbo got a handle on him, and after that, we didn't see Bailey again. Uh, There was the John McGinn shot that he should have scored from. There was the Matty Cash header. But all in all, we were very much in control of that game, and you'd have to be very, very confident coming out of it that we can perform like that. Like Our performances to date, Chelsea, good 15, disastrous after that. Bournemouth, shocking first 15 to 20. After the alley yellow card, we seemed to wake up. And we were good, but a little bit sloppy after that. And then we demand man sent off and we could to see the game out. Newcastle is a car crash of a game from all angles. And thankfully, Darwin won us that one. But none of those games are what you'd want to be repeated. You wouldn't want any of that happening again. This, on the other hand, this is something you want happen- happening again. And this type of performance is sustainable. This type of performance is very, very sustainable. And that's a good Villa team. Martinez is one of the best keepers in the league. Cons is a good defender. Torres is a good defender. Kamara and Luis are among the best pairings in midfield in the league. Diaby and Watkins are very, very dangerous. Them not having Jacob Ramsey was a big plus for us. But, I mean, they brought on Telemans. They brought on Zaniolo. They brought on Duran. None of them really made any kind of impact on the game. Like, none of them made an impact. Leon Bailey played, what, 45 minutes having come on for Diego Carlos and was then taken off on 65 because he couldn't impact the game. So, all things considered, very, very positive for Liverpool. And hopefully, that's the type of form we can show after this international break, which has come at the wrong time for us, really. But you know, the league title, the league league table means absolutely nothing at this point. But City are the only team who've taken all twelve points. They've had an easy enough start. After that, it's ourselves, Spurs, Arsenal, and West Ham. We've all got ten. Spurs have looked very good, but they do look shaky defensively, like us. West Ham have looked good, but again, they've had a little bit of luck. Arsenal have looked dreadful, genuinely dreadful. They were poor again yesterday and got very fortunate with a very poor refereeing performance, that they got three points out of it. Now, they will say there was decisions that went against them earlier in the game. Personally, I think... That's nonsense. I think the the biggest decisions in the game, both of them went in their favour. So, you know, they haven't impressed at all this season. They look fairly ropey defensively. They don't look like they've got enough goals in the team. And when you look at who they've played against, you would have expected them to score more. Funnily enough, through four games, only City have conceded less goals than us. And we've played what, an hour and 10 minutes? No, sorry, um what we played, about an hour with 10 men? No, 90 minutes with 10 men. So about 30 minutes in the Bournemouth game. When did Virgil get sent off? On about 25, and there was a load of stoppage time. So over 100 minutes with 10 men, and we still only conceded three goals. And we played Villa, who were in Europe this year, We played the Toon, who are in Europe this year. We played Bournemouth, who are pretty good. And we played Chelsea, who spent a billion quid in the last 14 months. All things considered, you're going to be happy enough with how we have started the season. Long way to go. But if we can keep this up and we can manage ourselves properly, and get ourselves to January. We could be in a strong enough position to add one or two in January and then go again through the back half of the season and maybe, maybe give City a bit of a scare. Um, on Anfield, no, we'll start with this is Anfield actually. Um, there's a bunch of stuff about the post game. Nat Phillips' surprise absence explained as Liverpool only gets first assist. So, Nat Phillips was not in the squad for the Celtic game. I'm not sure why anyone thought he would be. I don't, don't think it's a surprise. Um, he wasn't going to go up and just be launched into a an old firm, even with Celtic having so many defensive issues, which is why they, why they moved for Nat in the end. Uh, Owen Beck got his first assist for Dundee as they drew with St. Johnston. Fabio Carvalho was an unused sub for RB Leipzig as they ran out 3 0 winners away to Union Berlin. Seth Vandenberg played um, 90 minutes for Mainz. They got hammered by Werder Bremen. Nabi Keita did not play because he's still out injured. Uh, Harvey, Davis, sorry, Harvey, Harvey Davies, uh, Luke Hewitson, and Adam Lewis all featured during their weekend games. Anderson Arroyo, James Balagizzi and Dominic Karnes came off the bench. Billy Cometeo, James Norris, Lucas Stevenson and Jakob Orzinski all missed out on their games. Obviously, Calvin Ramsey and Reese Williams are currently out injured and Tyler Morton was not available to play uh, for Hull because his, his deadline day switch was too late. Um. Yeah, I mean, all things considered, the, the the low knees have had a decent enough weekend. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Ibu has been withdrawn from the France squad with his injury. My hope is that Trent is withdrawn from the England squad. I can't see how he could go with England. Klopp has said it's a hamstring injury. He's going to have a scan. So the hope is that it's just one of those kind of s- small injuries that the club are going to make seem a little bit more serious than it is. So he can't go away with England. Uh, positive news with Ryan Gravenberg. He's uh, agreed to, or he's not agreed to. He has decided to withdraw from Netherlands duty to focus on Liverpool. So that's very, very positive. He was with the, he was called up for the Netherlands under twenty one squad, but he has decided to stick around and get to work. So that's very, very positive. Um, Zaboslai reveals first LFC goal was product of training routine. Jurgen Klopp hails exceptional centre backs. So he's very pleased for Joe Gomez. Okay, that's all we have there. Uh, on Liverpool.com, no dreams to be sold, hopefully. Uh, Liverpool can aid, sorry, Real, Real Madrid can aid Liverpool via 189 million killing about This is nonsensical. So there's two parts to this article. Number one is apparently Barcelona have upset. Or sorry, Barcelona are upset at Manchester City because City made an approach for one or two of Barça's young players, and apparently that's going to help Liverpool sign Balde, the left back. Seems nonsensical to me. And apparently Real Madrid going for killing him for Erling Haaland is Liverpool news. So yeah, you have that. Liverpool duo emulates Steven Gerrard and Fernando Torres as Jurgen Klopp give a future glimpse. Obviously, Dominic and Darwin. It's really exciting what those two could become together. Jurgen Klopp has perfect Ginny album upgrade. Um, I assume it's Ryan Gravemer. This is both unfair to him and a little bit disrespectful to Ginny as well. Uh, To be an upgrade on Ginny, you're going to have to have an unreal run at the club and also, they couldn't be much more different. Now maybe it's Alexis that they're talking about, but again, it is. It's actually Alexis, not, not Ryan. Um again, it's just it's a nonsensical comparison that people need to stop with. Uh, Liverpool is heated your Pochettino. Jesus Christ, who cares? Best Jurgen Klopp playmaker ready to explode as Liverpool can line up. January transfer next. Okay. Uh, What Mohamed Salah told Liverpool teammates. Mohamed Salah didn't tell Liverpool teammates anyway. This is just based on the comments of uh, Dominic post-match saying that, you know, Mo wanted to stay, players wanted Mo to stay, yada, yada. Uh, Roy Keane agrees with Gary Neville. They were just both talking about how good Liverpool have been uh, or how good they were against, uh, against Villa and the fact that they've made a good start taking 10 points. Uh there's another piece about Erling Haaland for some reason. There's a piece about another player who doesn't play for us. Uh, Jurgen Klopp can overthink like Pep Guardiola now as Liverpool weapon beats even Man City. Okay, piece about Ryan. There's a piece about Kubo. Uh, Liverpool should consider transfer from from Martin Odegaard for, for Wonderkid on Martin Odegaard path as Mohamed Salah. Air, no, no. Frankly, no. Um, what is this now? So this is just one of the writers suggesting that Hincapié and a, a midfielder should be targeted in January. These are things we already knew. Uh, on to Anfieldindex.com Should Liverpool sell Salah for 200 million? Well, at this point, The answer is clearly no. Uh, Why Gravenberg's move could haunt Bayern Munich. Um, There's a piece from the post-match Raw, which you should give a a listen to. There is a piece about Joe Gomez and a piece, another piece about Salah. Podcast-wise, there's actually quite a lot. So there is a Media Matters. uh, Dave Davis spoke to Michael Statham on Ryan Gravenberg. There is a rivalry con from before the game. If you haven't heard it, it's worth a listen. There is Red Alert August, Dave Davis and Mark Evans. Trev Downey and Dave Davis did a transfer window shutting kind of pod. And there is post match Raw, which is Trev, myself and Harry. Uh, and it's a good one as well. So make sure you give all of those a listen. Make sure you read what's there. And if you just happen to find your way into the comments section of liverpool.com, can you just ask them to stop writing articles about players to play for other clubs and trying to make the most tenuous links possible? Because it's really fucking annoying. Right, that's me. I will speak to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically.